Welcome to the Warrior Women Project podcast, helping you become a warrior woman, sort your shit and find better balance in your life. So welcome to yet another interview from the Warrior Women Project podcast. This is Jen, your Warrior Woman. And today I have the very lovely Jo Lewitt, who I am still yet to meet in person. But we have connected through social media and we've been, it's meant to, well, the words are not coming out, right? We were <laughs> meant to meet and then things didn't happen. So we haven't yet. And we're just waiting for the universe to open those doors to let us actually meet in person. So, Joe, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jen. Hi. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. Busy, busy as always. But yeah. um, I'm laughing my way through the day as I always do. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So on that note then, could you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you do? Sure. Um, Well, I run Laughter for Health in Edinburgh and I run the Edinburgh Laughter Club, which is one of the most successful laughter clubs in the UK. We've been running for eight years. Um, I was the first in the UK to start running a weekly club and then a bi-weekly club. And... The laughter club movement is um, a global not-for-profit movement to promote health and joy and happiness and peace, but also about connection in our communities. Mm. So I run it completely voluntarily, about five, six hours a week. Um, We raise money for local charities. We've raised just over £12,500. And it's very much about connecting with people and it's laughing to feel good, to boost our health and our happiness and to help people take control. Um, I am a laughter ambassador. (laughs) I love my job title. Um, um, And basically I run workshops. um, I run trainings and um, help to bring more laughter into people's lives because it made such a massive impact in my own life. I'm all about giving that back to people as well and, and spreading the joy and the happiness. Yeah. That's pretty cool that you get to laugh for your work. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love everything. It's <laughs> amazing and you get paid for it. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> how did you get into this? Like what brought the laughter workshops to you? Right. Well, it's it's quite a long story, but I'll try and keep it as, as succinct as I can. <laughs> Basically, I was, I was working in the corporate world for many, many years. Um, but I wasn't very well. Um, I had health issues. Um, and in 2002, my health really um, came to a head, if you like. I had a stress breakdown. And... Um, I lost my job, I, my relationship broke down, my income went down to almost a sixth of what I was used to because I was living on benefits. I was housebound for um, almost three years um, and without question I'd lost my joy. I'd lost connection with my joy and my happiness and although I didn't see it at the time it was also about I'd lost control of my life. Um, and I'd started volunteering I'd started getting support and I got to a point where I could see myself getting back into work it was almost um, six seven years at this point where I hadn't worked but I was volunteering 
And I could see myself getting back into paid work, but I was not sure at all what I would be doing in terms of what would bring me fulfillment, but would also allow me to manage my health as well. Um, I have ME in fibromyalgia, I forgot to say that. But. Mm. And um, my local support group had organized a laughter workshop. And it was actually run by somebody with Emmy who was coming up from Nottingham, who sister lived in Edinburgh, and he approached the, the support group. Um, and within minutes, I just thought, oh my God, this is amazing. It just spoke to me, you know, and it, it sort of lit up my soul in a way that nothing else had for a very long time. Um, prior to that, a couple of years before, I was very, I, w- I be- had this kind of epiphany moment where I laughed out loud and I can't even remember what triggered it, but it was like I took a good look at myself and realized that I'd lost connection with my joy, my laughter, my fun side. Um, I was very lucky to maintain connections with a lot of really, really great friends who supported me. But I also looked down at myself and realized, gosh, I've not worn color. For, for about three years, I've just been living in black and grey and the colour had literally gone out of my life, the joy. Mm, yeah. um, so this laughter workshop really reignited things in me and made me determined to really reconnect with my joy um, and really take control of my life again. So it was about 18 months that I had to wait to save up the money and to build up the stamina to go down to London to do the training. But when I came back after the training, I started running Edinburgh Laughter Club, which started in my flat, but it has evolved. And as I say, I'm now running two weekly classes, a morning and an evening class. And it is just (laughs) pure joy to see how laughter can change our lives um, as it did for me. Um, people week to week, you can see the change in them. Um, and it's just wonderful. It's just an absolute joy to be able to do that. Yeah. There's so many things that you're talking about there. And I'm like, oh, I want to ask about this. I want to ask about this. And it's like, oh, this could, this could be massive. Um, sorry, I'm going to put my laptop down because I'm jiggling about it. It's making me feel dizzy. <laughs> um, one of the, the things that you were talking about there was that you had lost your joy and Renee mm. Brown and her work um, in the Power of Vulnerability talks about that when you damp, when you try and dampen down emotions, you can't pick and choose which ones that you dampen down. Do you think that when you were going through that stressful time, mm-hmm. that you were trying to dampen that down, and that's what dampened your joy down, or how do you think that sort of came about? Well, I think it's more about stress. Really took over everything. I was so stressed and feeling very insecure about myself and my health and my life. And I was, I knew in my heart that um, my life was spiraling out of control. Mm -hmm. And I spent, I devoted the energy that I had in trying to maintain that control instead of letting go and just saying, okay, let whatever happens need to happen, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. needs to happen, let it happen. Um, I've learned so much about myself on this journey and I came to realize that I was a type A personality, a perfectionist, um, and this very much contributed to my downfall, you know, and Mm. also quite insecure and looking back at my family life growing up, I'd 
experienced stress from a very, very young and early age, living in a house that wasn't particularly happy. And there was a lot of control going on. And so it, it, it was kind of a combination of many factors, but took me a while to gain that insight you know for a while I just had to collapse and the collapse very much came about where I just started crying one day realizing I can't cope with this anymore and I started crying just to release stress and I literally didn't stop for about two and a half months it was just I I just needed to release that stress from my body even for a good while afterwards, before I actually came to the point where I was dismissed from my work, you know, I was off sick for months and months. I was still, I was very angry and desperate to regain that control. And it was only when I got to a point where I thought, I've got to let all this go, that I really started to embrace the opportunities to start healing and to start moving forward. Um, but my joy had kind of got lost as a part of that because I was so determined not to be ill and not to fall apart and not to, you know, so it was like an organic, um, not organic, that's not the right word, um, an unhealthy coping mechanism to just quash things down within me, to just try and keep coping. Um, So, yeah, it was a very, very hard lesson to learn, very hard lesson, but it was also the most amazing opportunity to completely let go of my old life and let go of the old unhealthy habits and insecurities. And it was the um, the journey people talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> corny journey, but it was, it was very much that for me. Yeah. But hard, but also wonderful and um, empowering. It was yep. so empowering. So is that when your Amy and fibromyalgia got triggered or was it before that? No, it had started many years before that. It started at the end of 1992 when I became ill with, um, it was a very nasty flu strain that was that was going around at the time, very similar to we've had... Um, um, yeah, the, the yeah. recent sort of epidemic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was the Chinese or Beijing flu. And I hadn't really been ill before that, but I was ill at the end of 1992 between Christmas and New Year. And in hindsight, I went back to work far too early. I didn't allow my body to fully recover, but that was, I've got to get back to work. I can't be off sick. You know, it's not something I do. And so again, these unhealthy thoughts and not being kind to myself, not having an awareness of how important self-love is and all these things. Um, And for a few years, I went undiagnosed or I I was actually diagnosed incorrectly. I was diagnosed with stress and depression and anxiety and put on all these different tablets, which unbeknown to me were actually um, contributing to my body's weakening immune system. Um, and, um, it was actually 1997 when I was finally diagnosed. So that's five years afterwards. But by that time, um, so much more damage had been done to my body, um, without my awareness, without, you know, um, and, um, in, sort of in that time, even beyond 97 to 2002, when I finally collapsed in a heap, (laughs) um, I was still trying to cope the best way I could, but incorrectly. You know, mm. I was 
booming, going through this sort of boom bus cycle, boom bus cycle. Um, And it was very much still to do with my mindset and not being able to, not being willing, not, not having the knowledge about, I need to just let go and start again. Um, the life I was living was so unhealthy. You know, working in the corporate world was not a healthy environment for me. Um, so it was unnecessary. It was almost like the phoenix being able to rise out of the ashes or the, the caterpillar um, turning into the butterfly. You know, it was, it was a really painful, difficult, horrible process. Um, but it was also the most amazing thing that happened um, yeah um, yeah I think a lot of people particularly people who are type a perfectionists I think when their thing happens it's something kind of major that actually their body stops and they can't to the point where they can't get back up because there's so many wee signals have been sent before and you ignore it and you get back up and you absolutely. ignore it and back up and eventually your body and the universe are like, nope, that's it. She's not listening. Let's floor her. Take her out of the game and then she will have to listen. And absolutely. At the time when it happens, it's like, why me? Why me? I've worked so hard. And absolutely. then you go, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I've been working too hard. And it's yeah. too hard at the wrong stuff. Absolutely, and yes. Detrimental. So, what point did you feel was your biggest turning point in that journey? Well, as I say, it was. It was like the, the day I had this epiphany um, of realizing I hadn't laughed for so long, um, and although I was, you know, laughing and, and connecting with people and family and whatever, and. Um, it was this day, my friend Laura, she was lovely. Um, she used to take me out at least once a month and we'd get out, you know, get me out of my flat and get me out of my situation. And we ended up, very long story, but we ended up at, skill, uh, at Hill End Ski Centre one day in March. It, this must have been around 2005. No, no, it's earlier than that. Anyway, um, but we'd been out for lunch and it was a glorious spring sort of day but it was freezing cold and she took me up on the ski lift and we just laughed and laughed and laughed um you know that kind of laughter where you just completely lose control and it was exhausting but it was just so uplifting and so the universe as you say had sort of put that message in my head that that it's your laughter you need to connect with again and And then it was a couple of years after that, as I say, it was, I think it was 2008 where I went to this workshop um, in Edinburgh and felt that immediate draw. I was just drawn to it. I just felt this connection and felt, I literally thought in my head, this is what I have to do. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was like a, this planting of seeds that eventually grew into the decision this is what I'm going to do so yeah yeah and you feel that that's had a, a positive impact on your health absolutely yes um laughter is is so powerful um it's it's sort of what what I do in my business it's laughter yoga which is basically laughter triggered well it's not triggered by humor comedy or jokes it's about unconditional laughter it's laughing with the intention 
to feel good and to feel happy, to boost our happiness. But the powerful um, physiological benefits that you get from laughter are um, we release endorphins when we laugh, which are our natural antidepressants to lift our mood. Um, these are also our natural painkillers and they're also a natural, in, natural anti-inflammatories. They work alongside the lymphatic system and the immune system. But it's also deeply, deeply aerobic exercise when we laugh from our belly as opposed to our chest which is where a lot of our spontaneous laughter will come from up here it's more <laughs> but uh, in laughter yoga it's really from our belly and yeah. from our heart and it's <laughs> and that powerful you can literally yeah. feel your abdominal muscles working yeah so um it, it literally gives us a holistic workout. It influences our physical health, our mental health, but also our, our emotional and our spiritual well-being. You feel good on every level. Yeah. So, and those of us who really, you know, accept laughter as a therapeutic means of taking control of our health and our happiness, we laugh every day for 10 minutes, which is how I start my morning. Yeah. Um, and I laugh alone. Um, just as an exercise, as a form, just as you laugh, just as you do a meditation, focusing on your breathing, I'm focusing on my laughter and yes. feeling the benefits, feeling the flood of endorphins, helping manage my pain, my mindset. Um, it's just the best way to start the day. Um, so it's part of my daily routine, my non-negotiables to look after mm. me and my health and well-being. Um, but obviously it has evolved into a job and a business um, that enables me to share that laughter and that this te these techniques yeah. tools um, with other people. So. Yeah. So I suppose it is kind of a form of meditation because meditation is something that I'm learning about when I'm doing my yoga teacher training and it's not about trying to empty the mind, it's about bringing focus onto one thing so that it quietens and calms everything else down. So if you have that one thing to focus on, if whether it's a movement through your body or the movement of the breath if you're then focusing on laughter you're getting a double it's like a double whammy effect you're getting all these endorphins released plus you're doing a bit of med meditation with it absolutely you are yeah. in the present moment focusing mm. on on your laughter and the sound of laughter and there's actually been research done to show that the brain waves we produce when we are laughing um, are similar to those um, produced through meditation. So mm. yes, absolutely, spot on. Yeah. And then <laughs> obviously when the brainwaves are produced, the whole, all the neuroscience that's coming out now is showing that those new neural pathways actually are strengthening, becoming more your default. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. I was talking to somebody. Yes. Yeah, I was talking to somebody yesterday about um, body positivity and about how you have to consciously go to the positive because your brain is hardwired for the negative from evolutionary times of self-preservation. Absolutely. We don't need the same preservation as we used to, so we now have to retrain the brain to, to change that DNA, which is totally changeable. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And I, I think that's similar with the stress response as well, you know, the fight yeah. or flight response. Yeah. We, were, we were only thought to have needed to experience that between six and eight times in our lifetime because 
you know, mortality was so much lower. Um, we might only be expected to live 35, 40 years. And the fight or flight response was very much about surviving, you know, and yeah. encountering that bear, you run for your life or that tiger, whatever it is, you yeah. either run for your life or you stand and fight. And statistically, you're only probably going to get to do that a number of times before. The um, bear wins. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But we are going through this, <laughs> this fight or flight response, you know, not just every day, but many, many times a day as well. Yeah. It, stress is so massively detrimental to our, to our bodies. But, but yes, it is about, um, recon- it is about rewiring um, that, that DNA as well, that, that rewiring our brains and overriding what we've been experienced to. Um, yeah. And laughter yoga is about is as much about changing our mindset as it is about boosting our health and our happiness and in my laughter clubs I talk about we start with these exercises which are quite tricky it's brain gym and it's about as much about getting us out of our left head uh, our left hemispheric dominance and yeah. getting my right as it is about kindness being kind to ourselves giving ourselves permission to be human to make mistakes and that opens up our ability to laugh at ourselves, to laugh at when things don't go our way, don't go as expected. It's about losing control. It's about embracing our self-love. It's being about being more compassionate, um, kinder. It's about gratitude. It's about connection. It's all about the things which make us human, um, which we just lose sight of in this sort of modern, fast-paced world and these pressures that are on us. And yeah. Yeah, so it's, I've been um, like doing a lot of readings and things around this recently, and there's a lot of talk about how we sort of live in a very masculine-driven world now, with everything like the way the governments are run, the way businesses are run, and that there's there seems to be this big movement now of tapping more into the creative feminine side, the softer flow emotion, emotions and things like that, to be able to soften the world because obviously a lot of the problems that are going on in the world are because everything is so heavily masculine-driven. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And this is just another way to tap into that. That's right. It is. Yes, absolutely. It's yeah. wonderful. It's very, very empowering. And um, yeah. yeah. What types of people do you get coming along to your workshops? Um, it varies so much. And one thing I will say is like anything, it's not for everyone. You know, there, there are people that come along to Laughter Club or you know, I go into businesses and organizations and charities and all sorts. Um, there are often people you can see immediately, they, they just don't engage with it. They, they just don't get it. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, often that is because they are so in their left head. They are resisting it so much. The argument is these are the people that need it the most. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. You know, they're obviously not in that place yet to embrace yeah. it or they feel they can find other things that speak to them um, more adequately more, more mm. relevantly but yeah the types of people it varies so much it's but it I guess it tends to be people with mental health issues people like myself who recognize they've lost their joy um, people who are battling um, physical conditions like MS Parkinson's um, people who have had breakdowns and lost their jobs and you know it, it it really reaches out to so many different people, um, people who are stressed. Um, yes. Yeah, so it, it speaks to all kinds of people. Um, but I think 
the most important thing it has to come along in people's lives in a time when they are ready to embrace it mm. um, but you see that I have people recovering from cancer um, and you see I think the wonderful thing about running weekly laughter clubs which not many people in the UK do this is voluntary yeah um, you see the change instantly within a session from the start to the finish, but also when they walk in the next week, it's like, oh my God, it's like a different person. They're like, oh, you know, whereas they might have walked in as like, you know, I really need this. I really need this. And they're holding back tears. And, you know, I never, ever underestimate the courage it can take for some people to pick up the phone and say, tell me about this laughter club. What is this? And, or for them to walk in and say, I've come to laughter club because I know I don't laugh enough. You know, that can take a a huge amount of courage to see the change in those people. It's just phenomenal. And it it just gives me this wonderful sense of fulfillment and being of service. It's, it's sharing my own experiences. You know, I'm very open about what I've been through my sessions and how it's changed my life. Yeah. So um, it's wonderful. Yes, I can imagine if somebody's in the depths of depression or anxiety or they're really suffering from some sort of pain or illness or sorrow or grief or something like that, the thought of, oh my God, we have to go in here and laugh, that can be quite intimidating for some people. But to know that it's an option for them. Absolutely, yes. And it's it's not about laughing because we feel like, you know, the the great thing about laughter yoga is it, it gives you tools and techniques to cope with the challenges in our lives. You know, when we don't feel like laughing, when we feel we've got nothing to laugh about, that's actually when we need to laugh the most. Yeah. Um, And if we can just get our, our head around the most simplistic definition of laughter is it's simply the sound of joyful breathing. It's just ha, 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 ha. That's all it is. Yeah. And the science behind it, you know, there are areas of our brain that light up when we hear the sound of laughter, which make us want to laugh. Yeah. It's contagious in nature. Um, and it's often that resistance that is um, contributing to the stress in our body. We want to laugh because we know our body wants us to feel happy. Ultimately, our, our body wants us to feel happy and healthy and well. Yeah. And laughter is one of the ways we can do that to release stress immediately, to boost our immune systems, our lymphatic systems, um, and to just let go. Um, I think it's a sad reflection on society that we are led to believe we are taught that laughing freely is inappropriate and um it's um rude or it's inconsiderate you know actually it's what our body wants to do and as long as we're not laughing maliciously which is not absolutely not what laughter yoga is about Mm. it's not laughing at people or at anything um it's purely about connecting, connecting with others through eye contact, connecting with our own joy, our own creativity, our own sense of self and empowerment and our own health and happiness. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I have got quite a loud laugh and um, I've been out with people before that are like, if we're laughing at something, they're like, oh, sh- 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 don't laugh so loud, don't laugh so loud. And it's like, I can't help it. That's just the way I laugh. But I don't want to laugh quietly. It's, it's like, it's a release. Of absolutely pressure inside your body 
that yes. you need to do. Yeah. yeah. It's also a connection with our joy. Mm. And, you know, to laugh freely, um, uninhibited. It's just yeah. one of the most empowering things we can do. But unfortunately, yeah, we are wired to believe it's inappropriate, it's rude, it's inconsiderate. Um, and you do, you, you experience when you're out in public um, laughing. You know, there will be people who touch and frown and, you know, <laughs> judge you, you know. But you get to a point where it's not that you don't care, you obviously care about what things people think of you, but this, the whole empowerment of laughter is that you learn that this is a technique for self-love and looking after yourself. And this is what my body needs to do. I need to release the stress. Yeah. I need to connect with my joy. Um, but that's what say, um, Laughter Club provides, this safe, um, non-judgmental space where we can just completely let go and yeah. not give a hoot <laughs> what people think about us you know, it's just about letting go and yeah. and we all need to do that we need to release that pressure and that stress and, and, and where are, the, are all the laughter clubs in edinburgh yes my two weekly ones um are in edinburgh yeah, yeah. um on a wednesday evening we're at the west end in a, in a hall called walpole hall and then on a thursday morning we're at the eric little center yeah. but i do also run training in edinburgh which helps which gives people the certification to become laughter leaders themselves and start their own laughter clubs mm -hmm. so the idea is i can't do it all you know yeah. it's <laughs> I've only got so many hours a week I can give up of my time because it is voluntary, not for profit. Yeah. Um, but um, so, yeah, part of it is training other people to start their own laughter sessions. Um, but it's also about as a business model, it's actually a really amazing business model because it's the people that initially come to your laughter clubs and connect with it and see the value see the difference it's making in their own lives that will say right can you run a laughter workshop in my work or my mum works for so and so and yeah. you know often the laughter club members themselves will see a way of bringing laughter yoga into their own work and their own roles and jobs so they will come and do the training so it's um it's win-win you know yeah. it's i'm looking at my time and my energy but it's also about looking after my own health and happiness and yeah. running my laughter clubs is a way for me to commit to that as well yeah. um so yeah it's it really is win-win <laughs> yeah because i'm just thinking that something i could add into my daily ritual of my own self-healing because obviously anything that's anti-inflammatory I'm there I'm taking it Absolutely. on I'm trying it and yeah. I can I can already hear my nurses going yeah <laughs> yeah do whatever you like you can <laughs> it'll not do you any harm and I'm like no but this stuff works and they obviously are guided by medicine and that's fine it has its place but all Absolutely. the other little things it's like if do you know what if it doesn't do it any harm take yes. it on board and add it in because all it can do is benefit you Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think that was one of the things for me. I think we, those of us living with health issues, health conditions with health challenges, I think we all eventually get to the point where we realize the only person who is going to make my life better is me. The only person who can change my life is me. The doctors can dish out pills and send us on courses and programs and things. But at the end of the day, we are the ones who have to take responsibility for our health and happiness. Yes. And that was very, um, quite a profound lesson I had to relearn just a couple of years ago because I, um, I got pneumonia. 
and um, I realized that my health had taken a massive dip and I was struggling to get myself well again, even with all the techniques and um, tools and things that I knew I needed to do. It's like I'd almost become a victim of my own success because I was running a business now and I had people I couldn't let down. And But I got to a point where um, I was 50 a couple of years ago and I had all these plans to go to New York and do this and do that. And I realized actually... I need to completely step out and take time out for me. Um, yeah. And I decided to go on retreat. And I'd been on a retreat um, about a year before, but I couldn't find a retreat that ticked all the boxes for me because it was, you know, so many things were important to me. I didn't want to, for example, be on a retreat with 40 other people that, mm. that it was just like, that's too much, you know? Yeah. Um, it was also, yeah, so many things, but basically I, I through that and through that experience, I've started running my own retreats because what, what was important for me was I know about the link between laughter and the immune system and the lymphatic system. Mm. And I was lying on the floor of this Spanish villa a couple of years ago with my friend Claire, who is a raw food chef. And um, when I had approached her and said, look, I need to go on retreat, Claire. I need to do a juice cleanse. I need to completely re, um, reboot my body and my mind. And I know this is the right thing to do, but I can't find anything out there that is speaking to me as this is the right one. Mm are you available to come to Spain with me? Um, I'll pay for everything. She was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I said, the one thing we're going to do every morning, we're going to laugh for 10 minutes. And I'd, I'd been along to one of her retreats before and talked to her about, you know, she should come and do the training and build it into her home retreats, but she'd never actually got around to it. So yeah, we were lying on the floor this third day of our retreats. Um, we'd laugh for 20 minutes nonstop. And I looked at her and I said, we should be doing this, Claire. This is amazing because it massively boosts your lymphatic system. So it actually gets you through the detox process. Firstly, that little bit quicker. Yes. But secondly, with a much more positive mindset, because when we go into detox, we can feel low emotionally. We can feel vulnerable. We can feel grumpy. We can yes. you know, get angry. We feel tired, lacking in energy. And we felt amazing, you know, so that led to me starting um, my own retreats because I, I realized that no one in the, no one else in the world had made that connection um, and how powerful the laughter is on yeah. our lymphatic system and our immune system. So yeah, that's, that's where it's. Yeah. And I imagine it would make the, like if you were following a juicing diet during that time it would make it much easier to deal with because as you say when you are detoxing all the toxins are coming up and out and if you've got something to then lift your mood and lift your energy that's not food yes or it is but it's in a liquid form that makes yes. it just yeah so much yeah yeah that makes so much sense it, it, yeah well that was yeah. it made so much yeah. sense and, and we just sprung into action and and i was on google no one else is doing this class <laughs> <laughs> so like, right let's do this so retreats <laughs> was born and, and yeah it's yeah it's phenomenal and the stuff i have learned as well that's really taken my health to the next level as i know you have been through as well Jim. yeah it is about that empowerment. No one else is going to make me well. I've got to do it myself. And, yeah. and Western medicine is limited to 
you know, it, it has its place. Absolutely, it has its place. But it does not have all the answers. It has yeah. to, for me, be a holistic approach. Um, and things that we will look through, you know, look to to take control of our health and our lives and our happiness has to be a holistic one. And, yeah. and that's what this is. This is what laughter is. This is what um, and how laughter can enhance these retreats as well. So, yeah. yeah. Yes, it's very much about tuning into your body and listening to what it wants and it needs. Absolutely. Which, when we're busy all the time and stressed all the time, we can't hear that because the, yes. that's dulled out by the chaos, basically, that's in our lives. Absolutely. So how often do you run those, reti- those retreats? <laughs> well, at the moment, we're running twice a year in June and September, but hopefully the intention is that we're going to build it up and run, it, run a lot more. We go to Spain. Um, We are looking at running um, in the UK as well. Part of it is being in the sunshine makes such a difference. Again, you know, it helps with your mood. Vitamin D also has such a major, major role in our health and our ability to fight cancer. And, you know, so much I've learned in the last two years, like um, we are also completely misled about how sunscreen works. Mm. You know, sunscreen blocks out the UVA and the UVB, which prevents cancer. But it also, I was shocked to learn, prevents the absorption of vitamin D because we yeah. have this toxic barrier on our skin. It's actually by putting these toxins on our skin, we're actually put, adding to our toxicity, yeah. reducing our vitamin D, which increases our risk of cancer. So yeah. it's all these things we are led to believe. Marketing is so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's so misleading. <laughs> yeah, that is the word I'm looking for. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, the health industry, the, the you know, the food industry, there is so much corruption. We are brainwashed to believe so much stuff. Mm, yeah. Finding out for yourself and learning and, and leading, walking your own path is, is just, has just been phenomenal the last couple of years. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure we could get, we could have amazing political chats, Jen. Oh. <laughs> not the time and place, is it? <laughs> That's, we'll maybe not put that in a podcast first. We'll have it in person first and then edit it for a podcast. <laughs> Are we allowed to say that out loud in public? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, yes. Yes. (laughs) I can see my podcast getting shut down. (laughs) Controversial views. (laughs) Big pharma, corruption in the market and world, the government, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Yeah. oh my goodness so I'm just very aware of the time and I know that you're kind of running a little bit behind in your day and you have a very busy day so people listening to this if they want to check out what your work is where your clubs are etc I mean about your retreats what where is the best place for them to connect with you um, well, my website is laughterforhealth.co.uk mm-hmm. um, and my email is joe at laughterforhealth.co.uk. My phone number is there and everything is on there. I'm also on Facebook, Laughter for Health and Twitter, although I'm not as active as I used to be because I realise that I need to be laughing more rather than spending time at my computer. <laughs> Yeah, you need to get somebody else to do that for you. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And then the retreats are laughter cleanse retreats dot com. Laughter cleanse dot com. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, anyone can get in touch with me. Um, I, there's also the um, resource, which is Laughter Yoga International, which lists laughter clubs all over the UK and all over the world. So there's a resource on there. It's not always up to date. Some laughter clubs might have um, discontinued. So, um, but if anyone has any problems, they can get in touch with me. I can point them in the right direction. And if there's not a laughter club in their area, they might want to think about starting one of their own. In which yep. case, I can help them. You can do the training, training yeah, etc. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll put all those links into the show notes so that thank people can you. just easily click onto it. Um, so I want to thank you so much for your time today. Thank My you. Pleasure. I'm My pleasure. sharing your laughter and your joy. Um, <laughs> and yeah we will definitely 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 meet in real life absolutely <laughs> yes we, we have to it's destined <laughs> yes it definitely is <laughs>